Hey, it's Siggy here with a special bonus segment (laughs) here in the coronavirus times. We are isolated from our usual broadcasting or podcasting stations and having a little quick phone call between me, Siggy, and way over there, my good pal, who is named... Oh, I'm on bated breath trying to figure out who this is. It's you. Oh, me. It's, it's you. <laughs> it's me. It I'm was late. always you. It was, yeah, oh, well, you know, I've always been me, as far as I can tell. I know. I know. That's what I like about you. So you're out there. You really know how to uh, dance. <laughs> you're out there in Los Angeles uh, under the mm-hmm. open sky on your roof. I am down in the basement of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we, months and months ago, finally got around to recording uh, our Marvel Cinematic Universe Overview, Part 3. And now here, many, many months later, uh, after that, they released Spider-Man Far From Home, which we didn't talk about because we recorded before that. And now many months after that release, we are going to discuss Spider-Man Far From Home, which was completely left out of the previous discussion. And so here we are talking about it. And possibly about how that movie impacts and our viewing of it and opinions on it impact the rankings previously discussed over many, many, many hours of you watched it wrong. So wait. I can say for myself that a number of my rankings were affected by Spider-Man oh, really? from home. Yes, yes. I could even tell you that number, but I think we will find out in time. Let me guess. Um, Is it four? Uh, I am prepared to discuss four. Uh, it is four. <laughs> Very good. You got it. You nailed it. Oh, my God. I nailed it. You know why? Because you emailed it to me. Not... <laughs> <laughs> so I will not claim to have any sort of special power. Uh, By the way, um, just, uh, just, just for any safety concerns, people concerned about my safety, uh, I've been quarantined. Uh, this happens during the, the great pet coronavirus pandemic of 2020 and uh i've been in the in novel my, coronavirus just so you know novel coronavirus night gig. exactly uh i really hope the non-fiction virus no wait that sounds like fake news <laughs> <laughs> um the, i'm with the serialized novel uh coronavirus uh i i've been in my home for over two weeks straight without ever leaving uh, I think it's like two and a half weeks at this point. Um, except for my rooftop. I've got a little secluded rooftop. Well, the apartments on the top floor here have a little thing, and that's one of the few places that we feel like fairly safe that we're not going to run into anybody, except a couple of crows just buzzed in my head. <laughs> wow. But, um, well, I'm, on day, I'm on day 19 of uh, extreme social distancing, but that does include – what does that include? That just includes going to my office to pick up some things and to let one person in um, who briefly, briefly stepped inside my six-foot halo, and I had to be like, dude, <laughs> dude. Um, uh, but my back was to him, so I think we're fine. Um, but that was, yeah, otherwise I'd just been outside, you know, trying to get some exercise. And uh, some members of my household have Seymour, the lovely Seymour Lamar, has uh, made a couple of trips to the grocery store, but that's it, and that's it. 
Weird times, weird times. It's like uh, some kind of major supervillain has unleashed a plot to do what? I don't know what uh, what their end goal would be uh, with this. To like some kind of pathetic mini Thanos who's trying to reduce the population by one percent or two and a half percent. You know, like <laughs> and triple the economy. I guess like maybe maybe this is like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like they're gonna launch a. Uh, a, a line of billboards, or but there's nothing to sell. No one can buy anything. Like I, I don't get the whatever the plot is. Whatever kind of supervillain you are, you suck. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And I just didn't want to minimize that. You know, actually, my son said something. My nine-year-old said something very, very incredible. Uh, he said um, he, he turned to us one day and said, "You know, who's he's handling this very well?" And I know he's. He's he's hiding a lot of fear, but he's he's still handling it very well. And the other day he said, you know what? People think they're trapped in their homes, but that's not true. We're inside here, but we've trapped the virus outside. You've got like a little um, future Rorschach on your hands there. Yeah, he's like we we're not. Yo, know, that's right. We talked about this. Right? Yeah, he's like, no, we didn't. It's they're not trapped in here with me. It's trapped out there with itself. <laughs> I, I can't make the Rorschach analogy work. But no, uh, he was just like, no. It's kind of an inside out version, yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, interestingly, um, it's it's interesting that we chose to do this uh, in a different format style uh, because really the uh, pandemic would normally not affect our way of making this show. <laughs> no. But no, we wanted a... we, we wanted to at least you know we wanted to at least be some uh, be in step with a lot of uh, we wanted to to share with our brothers in misery about uh, how YouTubers are putting them all to shame uh, like the late night shows and whatnot who are all doing it from their home um, and so we just wanted to be part of that experience by making ours a little bit different and uh, I just wanted to be able to have a conversation without the latency that we tend to edit out of the episodes where like, no, you start, oh, no, do you start, you start because we are off by like half a second and it's just enough to like wreck all comedic timing in our <laughs> repartee. So hopefully we won't have that problem with using this uh, amazing telephone technology. Amazing what they can yeah, do. Yeah, I think it's really going to take off in the next like five years. Yeah, we'll find out. Let's we'll find out. Okay, so we did come here to talk about a movie, Spider-Man: Far From Home. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. This is all my idea. So I'm gonna, do. I'm gonna lead us off, and you just um, you just jump in, Wade, as you are wont to do. I'll just sit back and let the Spidey roll wash over me. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna say top movies bottom movies. My number one movie, you and our listeners may recall, was Spider-Man Homecoming. That was my number one favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe. Having seen Spider-Man Far From Home, I now have to say, my favorite MCU movie really? is still Spider-Man, it's still Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, oh yeah, all right, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, no, that would be great uh, if it were, but like, yeah. Yeah. I was no, 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 it's not. I I enjoyed Far From Home, but um, it's not it's not sniffing my it's not sniffing my top five. I I haven't I like figured out where exactly it is. Um, I, 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 there was, 
there was a lot I liked about it. It's probably like second. I don't know how many tiers I have in the MCU, but it's like second or third tier MCU for me. It was still great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Very entertaining, um, but like wasn't firing in all cylinders for me. Yeah, I, I just real briefly, I had a, I feel like, unlike a lot of movies in general, but you know, it's it ha, it has a core to it that it takes some sussing out and thinking about it because it feels like it's been pulled and separated in too many segments, but it's got a core to it that like is really potent and really interesting topic for a movie, especially a serialized story like this one. Uh, but it seems to be too, um, uh, it, 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 it feels unfocused. Like it stops to do, Oh, let's do this funny bit and let's do this funny and let's do this thing. And, mm. and, and, then you don't. It doesn't feel like it's all born out of the same thing. I feel like they started with something really good, and then they threw a bunch of stuff on top of it, and then it didn't get to gel. Yeah, I'm not. I, but I having said really... that, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, oh, we said this wasn't going to happen, Wade. <laughs> the the star stopped. Um, maybe so maybe I, it's not a latency thing. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just, maybe it's us. It's us, Wade. Um, so I, I, you know, I wasn't really thinking about that while I was watching it or uh, on reflection. But now that you say that, I can totally see where you're coming from with that comment. But what would you say was the, what would you say was the potent core of the movie? Well, it it only really occurred to me when I was texting my mother. Because uh, just just like three days ago, believe it or not, um, my mom starts texting me, what movie is this from? Never apologize for being the smartest person in the room. And I go, you're going to try to get me to miss Marvel quotes? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's from Spider-Man Far From Home. That's Mysterio. And my, my mother texts back, oh, you're so good. <laughs> and he goes, she goes, we got a free trial of stars. It's playing right now. We're watching it. And I go, oh, he's got a couple other good ones, but I'm not going to blow it for you because they're in mid-watching. So mom is like live texting me Spider-Man <laughs> home, uh, uh, Far From Home text. Nice. And at the end of it, she sends me a text. Maybe I can find it. But she sends me a text that basically says, yeah, I watched this pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really buy that. Peter would just give the thing over to Mysterio. I, uh, he'd just give it over. It just didn't make... I didn't buy that. And I started to write a response, and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, had a, I thought that was a little brash myself when I watched it. Yeah. And I started texting back, and I as agree. I was I texting her... I didn't buy that her, moment either. Right. And as I was texting her back, I, re, I basically started doing this huge defense of the brilliance of Spider-Man far from home <laughs> where I was saying, I mean, well, actually, you know, it was pretty smart of them to do this movie where, you know, it's all about, you know, about a teenager trying to come into his own and he's had a sudden loss of a father figure. The world is expecting him to fill the shoes or someone to fill the shoes of that he left behind even not only just the world, but even his father figure who's now gone and um, is expecting him to do that. And he's not ready 
He's been through a huge trauma. He just wants to, I mean, he did die <laughs> and is now brought back. And, and, um, and then he's, he's just wants to do the basic simple things of a kid or just the basic simple things of people. Just, I want to hang out with the girl I like. And, and that wanting to throw that responsibility to, to not be responsible that the villain plays on our heroes just not wanting to be responsible and, and his uh, sense of uh, inferiority that Peter Parker has always had makes it a really potent Peter Parker story and a pretty good one for this, for this series. And so then I was thinking about it as I was writing it out, and I go, actually, the plan's pretty good. So why did it feel like it was relying on things he could never, that, that Mysterio could never be certain would happen you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why does it rely on that because i love that mysterio comes from is the guy that created barf that worked for stark enterprises i love that um i love that they pulled in all these peripheral side fields like peter billingsley who was a producer on on iron man and the and also the, the kid from christmas story who was the uh uh scientist that jeff bridges yelled at in iron man yeah. And then now he's part of his team. I love those little pulls. Yeah. And I don't feel too yeah. bad that, that he's a bad guy in this <laughs> because I really <laughs> loved his response in that and that I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not Tony Stark. You know. And then to realize that now that that was a huge source of resentment. And so mm-hmm. it, it's all very smart. I think I I really think that um that Spider-Man Far From Home really pulls a really gr- uh uses its franchise um interconnectivity very smartly. I don't know why it feels like so disjointed. You know, it, 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 it has very, very, very smart choices and yet they all don't really work. Like I think Mysterio is one of the better villains that's come along in the, in the MCU and he's the best part of the action scenes he's in, but the action scenes are, I can't get over the, well, I know this is an illusion. This all physically couldn't be this good. It couldn't be this convincing. There's no way. <laughs> and it oh, all relies on. on it being totally convincing to, to have something in front of you that you can see and hear, but you can't hear, you can't smell and you can't sense the air change around you, you know, like all the, and Spider-Man should definitely be tuned to that you know what i mean so that's yeah right like um well okay we're, we're getting into the top i'm super getting too villains. far ahead i'm getting too far ahead you're getting into the top super villains category which was the first one i wanted to talk about so that's okay so there, um then. so i'm going to make my case so my ranking uh was uh number one thanos number two vulture and number three loki on top supervillains. And Mysterio, in a lot of ways, has a lot in common with Loki. Similar power set, right? Mm-hmm. They're both they're both essentially illusionists. They're both uh charlatans who are like are are kind of con men who um mm-hmm. try to keep you guessing about which side they're really on. Um, what their real motives are. They act like good guys. They act like bad guys. What are they doing? What are they up to? Right. Um, Mysterio's use of his illusion powers, though, are 
more interesting and creative than Loki's? Like, well, Loki's is based thing, on him just being magical. <laughs> it's just being magical, but it's just like, I'm wearing a disguise right now. Or, oops, we're in a different room than I told you, than you thought we were in. He doesn't actually push push the possibilities of his powers. And he always ends up resorting to, I've got a knife in my hand, and I'm going to try to stab you with it. Like, it's... <laughs> He generated that knife out of nowhere. Why? Or, or <laughs> no, he probably just uncovered its not availability. I mean, it's not it's uncovered its invisibility. And, you know, yeah. he's not even like I'm going to try to give Thanos a fake uh, uh, cosmic cube, right? Like, is is fake Tesseract? Like, his they never the writing around what Loki actually ends up doing in Loki stories is almost always really disappointing. Yeah, and it's 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 just Tom Hiddleston who is making yeah. that work. Yeah, so, so good. At the, yeah, and and Jake Gyllenhaal is gives a great performance. I've never been a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. I've liked a lot of his movies. I've liked a lot of things he was in. I've never yeah. like disliked him. You know, you've like, never been a you you've never been a Gyllenhaal. I've never been a Gyllenhaal, but you know, I love Donnie Darko. I love the Ice Storm. Like there's yeah. been plenty of things where I thought he was really good in it, but I was never. Oh yeah. He was never like my favorite thing about any of his movies. I thought he right. was. I loved him. I thought it was a, a, yeah. a great performance as, uh, in as Mysterio in this movie. And yeah, th- this one made me think, why haven't I been a Gyllenhaal? Head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, mean, I, I liked yeah. him, but why haven't I been? He's so freaking good. Yeah, he's right. He's great at playing the heroic, like like very comic booky, like pulpy heroic part, like Flash Gordon kind of character. Um, yeah. And then he's really good at playing the egomaniacal uh, villain. He's you know like a Hollywood, a, a yeah. font terrible my, Hollywood executive or something. You know, my like, my, fa- my favorite uh, my favorite scene I think is I think. I could be speaking out of term. My favorite scene of him is when he's there running through the illusion programming and he, for the big fight at the end. And he's just in the warehouse, you know, they're, they're, and he's directing it like a movie. And he's in like, he goes, wait, stop. That's not working. Can you, can you just like in the way he phrases it, I'm sure is based on every director he's ever heard. That's been trying to tell him an angry note. Yeah, without yeah. sounding angry, it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and the malevolence yeah. that comes out of like, what do you know? I, yeah, you're doing this all, but I could kill you all. Yeah, yeah. And, and the great part is that he he you know, a lot of villains who are trying to play nice guys, you kind of wonder at when they they reveal themselves, how could they how could they have actually summoned the empathy for someone. Uh, and not how could how could that fake empathy not fall at any point or be detected? And the great thing about Mysterio is that I think that Joan Hall's performance shows that he does have that common empathy for for his fellow man and for Peter, but he's literally shoving that aside for his rage and vengeance, you know, and self-aggrandizing. So it's not like he's he's a sociopath really. He's really just shoving that aside, and like 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 a lot of Hollywood executives do, <laughs> just shoving that aside and going, uh, no, I, I have to. I, this is what my plan is, and I have to 
you know, do it. I, I, I yeah. and, and that's what I think makes him such a richer, compelling uh, character. I mean, his he's got a plot that we alluded to this earlier. It's pretty ridiculous to think he could ever pull it off. Right. right? right. Like, yeah, it involves it involves pulling the wool over Nick Fury's eyes. Right. Well, we got to talk about that too. And we will. That's we will talk thing. about that. We will talk about that. But you know, he can't have a single chink in his story or his performance, or his special effects and his technology. Like, if anything slips to the point where one drone is missing one like component that accidentally got ripped up by spiderweb, and he knows he has to flip out because now he's got a vulnerability, like one tiny chink in, in his entire plan, but that's just it. His entire plan can't have a single chink or the whole thing. He's toast. Yeah. Right. So it's not like oceans 11 where they can, they have room to improvise. If there's a chink, it doesn't work. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) well, apparently he's got this fallback where he, he blames it all on Spider-Man at the end. uh, Right. But, but as you're watching it and, and like part of my brain as I'm watching it, I'm like, this plot is really implausible. But Jake Gyllenhaal does a gr- such a good job of selling his character's belief in his ability to pull it off. Yes. Right? Exactly. And like, part of it like is he... that yeah. supreme ego that he has to feed in that is driving his rage and, 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 and everything you talked about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal brings it in this movie. He really does. He makes a lot of very smart choices, and he even has he even has, even has moments that are are hard to pull off and have them really work. Like when you call attention to like remember in Jurassic World where they they had all these product placements and all their bad writing decisions. They thought, I know we'll have Jake John, Johnson comment on how making these decisions are bad, and that'll for, forgive us, <laughs> right. right? That'll make oh, we're us, that'll forgive the we're sin. Aware. We're yeah. totally aware of it. We're just going to spend two hundred million dollars to do it anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and so he's got monologues like that where he's like, "I have to wear this stupid cape, and I have someone get this." You know, you know, I thought your ridiculous plan, you know, would never work. Your script, but you know what it did. And that monologue he gives that I think a lot. Of, some people were thrown off by the monologue in the bar, and maybe just because it was preceded by a pretty implausible leap. But yeah. I really enjoyed that scene where he's talking to his crew. Cause it, it saved, it saved the, what was wrong with the scene before it, like it, it uh, distracted me from it immediately in a way that really helped move the movie it, forward. Exactly. It's kind of, it's kind of like if, if you watch an action movie where a guy rides on a motorcycle, hits a car head on while standing on the motorcycle, flips over the car and lands on his feet. If the guy sells afterward, going, did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't believe that worked. You know, that saves it. And you're like, yeah, that's awesome. And this this one, you see that their plan was completely implausible, but by sheer exuberance, you know, they somehow made it through. And um, yeah, really, really good. The um, and kind of you know like a little bit like Hiddleston in that regard is that. The performance is so good, smooths over. And maybe that's just an awareness of, like, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't need to step it up to, like, really. Yeah. What it is, is all props to Joan Oz because he's, 
he 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 made it into my top three, I think, because my top three were exactly what yours were. If I now, I can't say that for sure because I was trying to listen to the old episode and I didn't and I lost all my notes. But my feeling was is I had Thanos, um, Vulture, and Loki uh, before. <laughs> I think that's what I was. Do you remember? I um uh that sounds right. Although I'm just that's that's what I wrote down before I got on the because <laughs> there there's been more than once when you've told me a, a story that was actually something that happened to me and that I told to you once. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. It's happened you are, before. You're you're such an uh an, an empathy engine that you just like you soak up other people's. Call, call me the Robin Williams. Call, call me the Robin Williams machine. I just that's, yeah. yeah, can't help it sometimes. That's what story uh, was that? that? What what story in particular are you thinking of? Well, there's no one in particular. I, I just remember the. Um, the I always had the same. Is, is it about marrying? Time. Is it is it about <laughs> marrying Timor Lamar? It's, it's a, yeah. Uh, it's about the what happened that night. Uh, as I recall. No. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nothing happened that night. There's no story to tell. No, I'm kidding about that too. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, yeah, I had I, as as of right now, fuck what I remember. I had said before. What I said now is Thanos, Vulture, and Loki. I'm taking Loki off and I'm putting Mysterio in. That's Even exactly though Loki's what got, I did. Yep. So look, I pre-took your story. <laughs> I pre-cogged that shit. Well. Every once in a while, we're allowed to simply agree. <laughs> okay. Now, I want to talk about best non-super good guys. Ah. Right? Which we said before was a real, this is like a real strong suit. Villains overall, yeah. weak point of the MCU. Non-super good guys. Sidekicks, if you will. Though they're not always sidekicks. Um, and might I, might I point out the peculiarity that the Spider-Man series of of um, the MCU, produced by co-produced by uh, Marvel and Sony, um, have had the best success rate at villains. Weirdly, they have. Yeah. Well, right. They're two. Yeah. Of the, our two Spider-Man, the two Spider-Man. The two Spider-Man do not have weak villain points in them. They're not. Other than out the, of the plans park. being completely impossible. <laughs> 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 I you know I think the vulture had a solid play. that's why vulture oh yeah number two because he's a much more plausible hero he's yeah. he's more down to earth he's more gritty we've talked before we prefer the street level comics to the cosmic uh, what what do you think stories. of the vulture sorry what do you think of the vulture showing up in the new Mobius trailer Morbius trailer. I haven't I, I haven't seen you know I don't I don't I don't go pursuing trailers ahead of time I like to walk in. oh okay. I like to walk in fresh to the theater. So that yeah, they well, show Michael Keaton as Agent Toombs in that trailer, and it's in with Jared Leto as Morbius. And I don't, I just don't dig the vampires and werewolves in my in my MCU. I just don't. Now wait, is Morbius MCU or is it Marvel Studios? Is it like well, Deadpool? It's well, it's it's not MCU. It's Sony produced because Sony owns all the Spider-Man stuff. So, all right, so as like you Venom. know, Sony's Sony's been making the Venom and the thing and the and all the ancillary Spider-Man villains that, in my opinion, 
shouldn't be in Spider-Man movies just because they don't fit the tone. Um, they don't fit the yeah. reality, really. But yeah. uh, they're making all those standalone villain movies. And uh, but but now they've got Adrian Toomes in Morbius, which means, and they're talking about you know bringing Spider-Man into one of the Venom movies, which I think we've discussed before. It's like you 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 did the stupid thing of making a movie about a symbiote that looks like Spider-Man in a world without Spider-Man, um, and you then you <laughs> proved you could successfully do it. You you proved me wrong, and you I mean I didn't see it, but you proved me wrong in the sense that everyone seems to love it. And now you're thinking about bringing Spider-Man into that world where you've already proved you can do it without him. Well, you know, I mean, they were supposed to have screwed this all up long before now, Wade. So yeah, we should... a, that sounds like old, like 1980s Marvel movies, you know, where everything was yeah. all fucked up. And like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and so, so anyway, you know, Adrian Toon makes an appearance in the Morbius trailer, and I'm like, oh, so that means Morbius is kind of in the, like, Gonna just be, you know, I don't know. Yeah, who knows what it means? Whole world's falling apart at this point. Way like, nothing means anything anymore. We'll be. Well, if it means more, if it means more, Michael Keaton as Vulture, I guess I'm all in. We'll be lucky if there are movie theaters in a year to see that movie in. So that's not. That's true. That's not. And you know, I'm gonna pick what I get upset about these days, and that's not gonna be one of them. <laughs> that's not gonna be one of them. I'm that's gonna, not gonna be one of them. That's right. Okay, but I'm gonna instead I'm gonna choose to be angry about the fact that the wealthy are not allowed to fail, and the the non-wealthy are the ones who are always supposed to fail, but yet they would be okay if they did. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna to choose to be angry about. Sorry, did I inject a little That's, class warfare into our? That's uh... a... <laughs> Well, that, that's not warfare. That's status quo you just described. So, yeah. Uh, I don't see where the warfare is there. Um, anyway, on a happier, lighter note, not that I disagree <laughs> with anything you just said, um, Marvel Cinematic Universe, non-super good guys. So many... Yeah, tough category. So many good, non-super good guys. This is honorable mention territory. Uh, as much as I loved Ned Leeds in, or just Ned, in uh, in Spider-Man: Homecoming, the first one, he didn't make my top three. He was he was probably number four. He was just outside. Right. I remember. I remember it was a duke out between him and uh, and um, ah, uh, Michael Pena from Ant-Man. Right. He was like, oh. yeah, Michael. Well, Michael Pena is my number two because he's just such a delight to me constantly. Yeah. I um. <laughs> I made the cloak of levitation number three. Oh, that's right. That's right. The cloak. Pretty cruel to, pretty cruel to, uh, <laughs> wonderful work of Jake Batalon uh, as Ned. Um, but that, I that, that, got to stir some shit somewhere on these lists. You got to you got to put in some provocation somewhere. So that was mine. I mean that that little loom fucker show, stole every scene he was in. He was great. And then in Spider-Man Far From Home, I thought uh, he gets shot past by uh, Zendaya as MJ. Yeah, who's really in, in, yeah, exactly. In part because Zendaya just does a great performance and a really well-written role, and mm-hmm. also because uh, Spider-Man Far From Home just like I really didn't do the Ned character any favors. I thought after that 
after the flight over, which is very funny, like how quickly that moves. But then he's just like a one joke character the rest of the the rest of the movie. Like he doesn't have yeah. a role. Yeah, he's very no he's sidelined. He has no part to play. He, he is definitely sidelined in that. And so he's got uh, a he's got uh, a girlfriend now. That's it. That's the joke. <laughs> he's he's been um uh he's been Marcus from Last Crusade, you know, the character who was so great and then sidelined as a bumbling doofus who can't figure out anything. He's just confused yeah. and making and I don't know what to do. What happened to the guy in the chair? What happened to Yeah, what happened to the guy in the chair? The guy who would like humiliate himself with the amazing I'm watching pornography line <laughs> to, to help his bud and, and help save the day. And like really like just is stuck in a Ferris wheel making night monkey jokes. Like, you know, like it, it's just like they didn't, mm-hmm. they needed to work harder to give him some more good lines and a couple more good scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a or huge, just, huge somehow waste. make him. Yeah. Huge wasted opportunity. Wasted unfortunately, unfortunately, this wasn't a storyline that really. Uh, yeah, the storyline didn't had no room for him really, because uh, it was all bigger than that. I mean, and that's that's kind of a shame, especially given not only his his wonderful work and 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 storylines in Homecoming, but the uh, sob moment. Sorry. <laughs> Start, yeah, I just had to say sob moment. I started sobbing. In Endgame, there's just the his one shot in that movie where he hugs Peter is just is is just uh, very affecting. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh, what's coming next? And then we get he's just kind of a tag along. Having said that, it was it was it, it was genuinely amusing watching him and Betty have a have a um, an airplane fling. <laughs> that was a great sequence. That was a great sequence, but you know it's all over like 15 minutes into the movie. Like it's yeah, it's it. He's it's we're done with Ned. So he's he's been knocked down into like the Cat Dennings role of scene stealers who, <laughs> you know, natural scene stealers who aren't given any scenes to steal. Right. You know. So just uh, like, yeah, like we got that what, character and that actor. We don't have to worry about him. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, you got you got to throw them some bones. You got to yeah, you got to give them something to work with. Yeah, so that was too bad. But Zendaya is great, and MJ, um, I loved it. Doesn't make my top three, so she's probably she might be number four now. Um, but oh, she's yeah. so charming. She's so charming and um, believable and real. And yeah, uh, and I think in a part that I'm really afraid is not going to age well like in 10 20 years we're going to look back at that at this movie and that character and say you know this is so obviously consciously written as an anti-manic pixie dream girl that it's gonna be like the proto version of something else that we will all make fun of you know right like, yeah, yeah, yeah like it's she it, she seems more like a I'm afraid she's going to seem like a collection of reactions to, um, to like cultural signifiers than an actual character at some point. But yeah. in this moment, in 2019, uh, uh, I thought she was it was very refreshing. Yeah, no, I thought she was very good too. That 
definitely had more of a presence in this than she did. Because she had, you know, you could see more, uh, for lack of a better term, desire in her than than the aloofness, the put-on aloofness from before. So you see that, oh, she's, you see more of her inner self, really, mm-hmm. which was yeah. very appealing. And the intelligence. I mean, I I give credit. Right. It's it's can it could be a real eye rolling moment, but they I thought they wrote it well and she performed it extremely well. That the of course I figured out your Spider Man, thing, yeah. you know, right. And how could how could anyone else not have figured it out? Like, but there she, the movie sells you on that she's special enough and that she would have the insight to figure it out, or that she you know she, she's on his wavelength in a way that other people wouldn't be that she would be able to put it together, right. So, top to her, but not in my top three. Mm-hmm. Probably number four, because I, I'm going to stick with Cloak of Levitation. Because anytime Cloak of Levitation does <laughs> anything, I'm always like, "Yay, Cloaky!" <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on to Best Stinger. Which ah. was the first, first thing that left to mind is I'm leaving the theater. I'm like. Well, there goes that category. I got to rewrite that one <laughs> because on my list, number one with a bullet shooting skyrocketing to the top of the best stingers list is Spider-Man Times Square. Immediately, like immediately following the official ending, the actual ending of the movie, you know, the given MJ, the, the, the web sling ride. Yeah. For the credits, right? And then cut to the cut to the stinger, and it's like the the same. It could be the same shot, right? Yeah. Uh, rides over, and now we get J.K. Simmons coming back. So we're bridging Spider Verses, appropriate given into the Spider Verse. Um, yeah, exactly. It was Spider-Man a nice movie moment. that comes this one. So it's like, oh, is this just like? It's J.K. Simmons. He's back. The best J. Jonah Jameson. They've been saving J. Jonah Jameson, keeping him safe because you can't replace. Nobody can follow J.K. Simmons. So just bring back J.K. Simmons. So not yeah, who, only are they bringing back J.K. Simmons. Oh, go ahead. Who was he? Who who's J. Jonah in the other one? In the 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 Andrew Garfield one. I don't think they have. Was him. he? Because he, he didn't have those. Well, I never saw the second to, one. He totally one, he ruined that. Yeah, it looked like it was like like really like no one can do it now. Yeah, how could you? I mean, wow, yeah. Plus the tone, you know, it was it was kind of a different, darker toned uh, Spider-Man story. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he's never he's like a they don't do the whole photographer thing. I don't think. So so did you like the re, like the 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 um the different kind of context of J. Jonah in this one? Well, that he's doing an Alex Jones. Impression. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. I loved it. Was it. pretty good. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, Jake, of way. course, Jake. Of course, Jake Jonah Jameson would be doing an Alex Jones thing. Like, it makes totally. perfect sense. I never would have thought of it myself, but like, it makes perfect sense. It's awesome. Yeah, I, and he's it's hilarious was, too. It was a great thing because yeah, I never would have made that. You're right. Never would have thought that myself, but it's perfect because also it, it solves the Michael Scott problem where you're like, how could this guy still be running this paper if he's doing this? all the time, you know, but 
Alice Jones can do this to the day his cows come home and does. So perfect. Right. Just perfect. Ah, uh, yeah. And then like just having the whole oh uh serial recorded the secret thing and he's blaming this on Spider Man like, oh man, fake there's a deep fake footage. Yeah. Do you, you think gonna, do you think he's actually dead or do you think he's not actually dead from that? Do you think that was a dying fuck you, or if that was a, or do you think that's just another? I don't trick? think, I don't think he like was on the bridge being attacked by Spider-Man and said, "Well, here's the ace up my sleeve," or, right. um, yeah, here's my revenge from beyond the grave. I think he's alive, and then he recreated that as like part of his next move. I mean, that's right. the thing that makes more sense to me, and so that's what I. That's yeah. when it came away from it, assuming was the case. Yeah, it seemed to me that if he thought he if he thought he was really going to die, then he would probably get okay, fine, that's right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you like know? the ASAP is yeah the ASAP is sleeve was to make everyone think he was dead when he wasn't, and use the special effects mm-hmm. for that. Having escaped, this is now he's on to phase two or whatever, you know, whatever. Uh, Right. Whatever his next uh, move is going to be, that's what I assume. Yeah. But, um, and so that was already going to be good. I'm like, oh, we're setting the stage for the next Spider-Man movie, right here in the Stinger. Like we've never done it quite that way, except for at the end of uh, Thor Ragnarok, which we didn't yeah. even know it at the time. Um, but then the the whole the secret identity reveal uh, at the end, you know, even before that, like. <laughs> This, this thing was just crackling. It was crackling on the screen. It was like sparks flying off the screen at me. And then there was that was. moment, like, what the? You know? It was like, ah, yes! Like, that's how you yeah. do a stinger. I got stung. Yeah, that's true. Me too. I feel like I think you, that, that felt like that was an electric mid credit sequence where you're just like, you felt like anything could happen. Just you know, that's what a stinger should be when you feel like the movie's over. Oh, what? There's more. What's what's what's? Why did we stop for this? Yeah, yeah. it was like, it was like what more stingers should be was you you yeah. have your comic book, you read you know it's a 24 page story, first 23 pages take you to the conclusion of the story, and then that final page is like setting up the next issue, right? And it'll, it'll be just be like some weird scenario and, and just introduce some questions. Who is this character in the shadows? I can't see his face. Find out next issue, right? right. It, felt like, it felt more like that. It didn't feel like a tag on like, hey, here's a little bonus cartoon on the back page or here's like a, a little one panel joke, which a lot of them are. It really mm-hmm. felt like, hey, readers, right. you know, we're, yeah. we're setting you up for the next installment here. Like this and, is the and I'm. I'm certain there's been at least half a dozen last panels in Spider-Man comics over the years where his secret identity was revealed to the world. <laughs> and then was somehow yeah. quickly disproven or discounted later. Like, like, right. like if, I'm, I'm sure that's the case. I, it has to be the case. Yeah, I think that happens like in the first year or two where uh, Flash Thompson is running around in his Spider-Man suit. Uh because he's, you know, president of the Spider-Man fan club and trying to show what a <laughs> swell guy he thinks Spider-Man is. And so that right. ends up being used to prove Spider- uh, Peter Parker isn't Spider-Man. 
Which which I have I have to say they may have been pushing the button a lot, but I still love how much Flash Thompson in the movies loves Spider Man and how it's literally <laughs> a I love Spider Man, hey Dick Wa <laughs> just immediate like <laughs> like oh dude if only you knew Ah <laughs> <sighs> Okay. Any more then, to say about that stinger? Well, there's there's more there's more post credit. What did you I think know. of the second in credit stinger? Moving on to worst stinger. <laughs> um, right. So one of my problems with this movie as I'm watching it is, wow. Okay, so we have we have the scene that is not motivated nearly enough. Peter Parker just giving up, giving up the keys to the Star Wars missile defense system, <laughs> or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Stark version, right? Right. Um, which they could have Stark Wars. Yeah. They could have written. They could have written him there, and they didn't. It was just like it just felt like a plot contrivance. And you really, I mean, the Peter Parker that we've we come into the before even Homecoming, the Peter Parker you know does not give up easily. His one defining trait is he does not yeah. give up easily. Right. Right. We've seen the whole, come on, Spider-Man, he's trapped under the rubble, that uh, the whole building's been collapsed on him, and he digs down and he finds the will, even though he's scared and it seems hopeless, he, he digs down and finds the will to, to lift that roof and get out of there. Like He mm-hmm. always digs down and finds the roof. And so it takes something drastic for him to, yes, we understand his longing for a normal life and his longing to be with MJ and his longing for all these things, but it takes something drastic on the level of Uncle Ben dying to make him want to give that up, right? Right. Because he, he shoulders responsibility stories. like no one else. Yeah, right. right? He has the great speech in, in Civil War. If someone needs help and you don't do it, it's like you caused it to happen, right? Yeah. It's like, Which it's is like just paraphrasing with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> right. Know. Right. But that's it. And, you know, and... and and he makes you feel it. And so there's been like the, the Spider-Man No More stories, but there's always been something really heavy leading to that. And just like, I can't get a date with MJ, doesn't, or I can't enjoy my European vacation, doesn't, doesn't do it. Like they, well, they just, that, that is where the movie fails because if you think, if you think about, and, and 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 you could you could blame it on the fact that it's too franchise heavy reliant. But if you think about it in terms of where he just came from, which was in game, where the world is now fundamentally different. Hey, we can't we can't understand what that's like. The world is now fundamentally different. I died and was resurrected. I was on another planet, for God's sake. Yeah. All of this feels above my head. I got into that whole mess because. I, of my sense of responsibility, save the wizard. You said save the wizard. <laughs> um, my my father figure it keeps telling me I'm not ready. I wasn't ready. Now he's dead and he's telling me I'm ready. I'm not hearing it from him, even though I'm hearing it from him. And mm-hmm. it's all confusing. All of it's just this. And then you've got the swarm of hormones and, and love and lust and 
and and and not knowing how, what your future is going to be, and not can't, understanding your past, and in all of that, uh, to me, far from home, on paper, and considering where he came from, is a really really good smart view of of what it feels like to be a teenager. It's 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 all this important stuff that we can't deal with, so we're trying to focus on these kind of more simple, not petty, but, yeah, sometimes petty things. You know, I just want to play my video game when it's like you have to deal with the death of your father. No, I want to play my video game. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's, it's um, so that's really smart, but for some reason the movie makes, introduces us with um, him just wanting to go to Europe. You know, and so that seems to be what the conflict is rather than him trying to process all that's happened and all that he fears he's going to have to shoulder. So Mm -hmm. I I find that was really smart, but yeah, it just didn't gel. Um, Yeah, it didn't make me believe it. Didn't make me believe it. Tom Holland, still very good. Incredible, Peter Parker. I still think he's, I still think. As much as I love Tony McGuire and Nicholas Hammond, I think he's the best incarn- incarnation of Spider-Man that's ever been on film. I really do. I agree. I, uh, yeah, I, this is this is no fault of his. I think it's just, no, I think not it's at the all. script. I think it's a failing think, of the script. I think he does have a little bit of that Gyllenhaal making it making it make sense, but with Parker more than Mysterio, the holes are so much more gaping in how. Um, they don't look, connect the dots. Um, but this was all in, in talking about, if I'm not stepping on you at all, yes, talking nope, about nope. The, the end stinger. Yes. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking steps towards it. Okay. So after that, the implausible, he hands over the doomsday device to to Mysterio, to Jake Gyllenhaal. Then we get the... I you know the the scene changes and like yes I can't believe he pulled that off you know um, the 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 gear shift moment in the movie and like whoa my head's spinning um, this is great wait a minute he how did he pull this off to pull this off he had to fool Nick Fury how did and so and so. Jake Gyllenhaal and the and the whiplash of that scene was enough to to move on and like move me away from the implausibility of Peter Parker, but it immediately introduces another implausibility for me, which is now in the back of my mind, for a good part of the rest of this movie is like, well, Nick Fury would have figured it out. You're not. He's right. this is too easy. You know, all of this I could see all of this working except for fooling Nick Fury. Nick Fury would right. know. He would check up on this guy. He would cover all his bases. He wouldn't trust anything. And for the way that that gets resolved is to find out all along that wasn't Nick Fury and Agent Hill. Felt like such a cheap move to me. It's like rather than solve this problem or address it or even address like the inconsistency of it in the body of the movie and just pretend it wasn't there. And then the end is like a joke. Say, well, that was really a scrawl. Our scrawl buddies posing as him because Nick Fury is 
No, he's not on vacation. He's helping the the Skrull refugees do whatever we're going to find out they do in the next Carbon Captain Marvel movie. Okay, he's going to be in the next Captain Marvel movie. We we find that out, or you know, we can presume he will be. But it just felt like such a cheap, cheap move. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Judging by your statement, I think you've probably already answered it. But my question is, do, and this is the question I had after I saw it, because I was struggling in my head if I liked it or hated it, this 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 last bit. Because mm-hmm. I kept the thing that kept coming in my head was, well, one, I love Ben Mendelsohn as Ta- Talak. What's his name? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. I really like him, and I love hearing that Australian accent come out of that mask. <laughs> so, uh, whatever you know, I, I I was happy to see him, and it made me it, it made me think of possibilities instead of ending possibilities. So I like that about it. But do you think that that stinger ending? Because a lot of these stinger endings we so learn are afterthoughts. So my question is, do you think that that stinger ending was brought about? to fix a problem after the fact or like to forgive it, to say the reason why Nick Fury is not acting like Nick Fury in the script is not because we wrote him wrong or didn't write him right. It's that because it wasn't him. Or do you think that it was a plan all along and they had that in mind? Because here's, here's, here's my my dilemma. Because it calls... More than it makes a cute little thing, it calls into question so much. Yeah. During the movie, he says, for the first time in my life, I'm behind the eight ball. I do not like being behind the eight ball, right? Or whatever, however he phrases it. He's basically saying this is the first time with all of our systems down, our intel down, and half of our thing, and all things, I'm not in the know. And that made, I don't like that. And so you're kind of like, oh, okay, that's that's why. Okay, we kind of, we're now going to, uh, a, a, uh, a disconnected Nick Fury, not by choice, but by context. Okay. One would have thought mm-hmm. after Winter Soldier the same thing would happen, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that kind of gets you through a little bit of it. But still, he's not acting like Nick Fury. And so um, I'm thinking, is this the Civil War Ant-Man problem? Where the whole Ant-Man was... Was, you know, they they can't get it right 100% of the time, although they get darn close. But, you know, Ant-Man, that whole part was was shot before they were shooting Ant-Man, I think. And so the yeah. people, did, you know, that Ant-Man was a story about him kind of trying to find a way to be with his daughter more and never be taken away from her by making dumb decisions again. And then what mm-hmm. does he say to Captain America? And he goes, if you're going to want it, you're outside the law on this one. He's like, yeah, what else is there? It's like, no, you just did a whole movie about how you, that's what you're not doing now. Right. <laughs> that's why that was my least favorite line in all of the Marvel Cinematic movies. Is like, that was just, that was not who we just saw. And that, that you know, awesome. and it's not just they hadn't shot it yet and so they didn't have the tone of Ant-Man down yet or like the yeah. nuances of the performance. Is that, like, did they read the script? Like, did they, right. did they read the treatment? Because that's... You know, like that's well, that's maybe like his character motivation through the whole thing. That's why it's such a may, problem for you. Maybe because as famously, and I think stupendously because I would never have known it, but in Captain in uh, Avengers Endgame, 
except for uh, uh, Captain Marvel's hair is all CG the entire movie because they hadn't shot Captain Marvel yet. So they didn't <laughs> know how her hair was going to be styled. So they just put her in a cap. And so the, the whole scene with Thor, you know, when they're, when she's walking around the Avengers mansion, that's all digital hair because they Weird. didn't know what her hair was going to look like. <laughs> and that's probably why she has the haircut to the other Carol Danvers haircut later. Just so they can say, this is your haircut now. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper to animate. <laughs> it's cheaper to, yeah, exactly. This is their haircut yeah. now. Um, she, you know, whatever. So, um, so I, yeah. So, so then when they reveal it's the scrolls, you're like, oh, that's why they didn't feel like Nick Fury because it wasn't Nick Fury. But was that to solve the the Ant Man writing problem, or was that is was that the plan? So you know, I mean, and it's, it's, it's very possible. Like halfway through the movie or more, there were they they got the ink on the contract to have Sam Jackson in the next Captain Marvel movie, and like. Well, for him to be out in space, that means he can't be on Earth during this movie. Right. But we have him here on Earth. Like, okay, uh, we got to write around that. We'll address it in a stinger. That's very possible. But, I don't, I don't but know. At the, at the same time, this presents another problem, which is if Nick Fury, as, we, as was logically presented, does not like to be out of the know, his job is to protect Earth, his whole motivation is to protect Earth. And um, after Endgame happens, when the world is in a state of flux and chaos, granted, relieved to chaos, but still, everything is still vulnerable because there's there's no... Um, the blip happens and everything. You've mm-hmm. got... Um, now you've got someone who is... Nick Fury, I, I think, would feel like I'm needed now more than ever. Why would he go on either vacation, which is what the kind of felt like there, but more likely probably still doing whatever Captain Marvel's gonna be doing. Um but uh but yeah that just proposed more problems like, well wait, why would he send a, a double agent to sub for him? Why would he tag out at a moment when everyone is very vulnerable? Um maybe we'll even though Victoria the answers to those questions might be in the next Captain Marvel movie. We don't know. Right. You know, we don't know what work he's uh, getting to up there. It could. Yeah. It could so, be. It could involve protecting Earth. It could be involved protecting yeah. the galaxy, or guarding it, perhaps. Or guarding, yeah. <laughs> or uh, maybe guarding it eternally. <laughs> um, Shang Chi. Uh, <laughs> I didn't dislike it so much but i felt it was probably not wise you know what i mean it didn't feel it felt like uh it felt like a lazy choice that i still i didn't hate but i was disappointed with me disappointed that they did it not disappointed that i saw it and um but it also (laughs) did makes me kind of like very um it's kind of like it's kind of like having a a base but genuinely funny dick or fart joke in an otherwise classy movie. You're just kind of like, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. But if you're going to do it, that was, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. like erection gags, but not that Anchorman is a classy movie, but nothing, as far as erection nothing gags funny. go, nothing, nothing funny about no him. One, um, 
serious Anchorman business. had a pretty darn good erection gag. It's the pleats. I think what's funny about that gag to me is that he admits that it's an erection and then retracts it and says, no, it's an optical illusion. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's still no way to save this. I know that was just improv edited together in a sequence, but it, that's the effect it had. That was very funny. Well, the, the, what sticks in my craw, one of the things, there's many things that stick in there, but one of the things that sticks in my craw is like a reveal towards the end of the movie that like negates what what you've seen before. Like it just feels like yeah, it negates, it, it erases chunks of the movie that you just saw. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I felt like it opened up possibilities, but it didn't. It didn't. Uh, it didn't augment. You're right. It negated a lot. Yeah. I mean, the sixth sense has a great twist because if you find out, like, oh, the things I saw, I thought meant one thing. They still mean those things, and now they mean an additional thing on top of that. Yeah. Like now there's exactly. there's a there's a lo- another like emotional layer on top of everything I was seeing. Right. Same thing with Unbreakable. Yeah, you're right. It's like it it doesn't change and negate anything. It just it also means this, but yet that new thing feels like it changes everything, but everything is still true. Yeah. You know. Right. It doesn't undo this, anything you saw. It just it only adds to it. Right. That's right. And exactly. And and this did not. This this just felt like it erased. It you know it was a pleasure seeing Nick Fury in this movie, and now it erased that pleasure in hindsight. Cause like, Oh, that wasn't Nick Fury. That was the scroll who you like, you like Ben Mendelsohn. I don't care for him or that character all that much. I'm like, Oh really? Like, okay. Oh, well, like there should have been, you know, if they had telegraphed some way, like there's something off about Nick Fury and I don't know what it is. That would have been enough to say, oh, okay. All right. Now. Right. But the, they didn't. It's just like, Nick Fury just seemed kind of like a a, a bad Nick Fury. <laughs> like he just seemed like Nick Fury right. who sh- is a little past his point of retirement. Yeah, maybe you should go on vacation, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> what, what if instead of of it being of it being Ben Mendelsohn as a scroll, what if what if that what if instead they're in the car, and then Nick Fury takes off a rubber mask and inside, it's Mater from Pixar's Cars. Would that have been better? Now that would have been mind blowing. I would have that would have raised a lot of questions. Because more questions than yeah, that's that's more why? questions than Adrian why? Toomes appearing in the Morbius trailer. That's you know and why? Why did Nick Fury have Mater pose for him, and and how did he pose for him? Yeah, how did Mater? <laughs> Which would mean yeah. Larry the Cable Guy in the MCU. I mean, uh, you know, made her, got her done, you know, like that. (laughs) Although, if he's lying, he's crying. And he wasn't crying. (laughs) He was not He was telling a lot of lies. He was saying he was Nick Fury, and he wasn't. So, that that, that, that isn't true. That isn't true to the mater that I have come to know. (laughs) Over, over two movies. That have you seen the third and and several uh, hilarious shorts? <laughs> <laughs> so, but now the one thing I did not really like about that I resented about the last segment was it uh, it turned me into a deep diving uber nerd. 
because then it <laughs> oh, made me no. go. We can't have that. It, <laughs> because I couldn't just be the casual. I was in like going, okay, wait a second. If the scroll was impersonating Nick Fury and the scrolls and, the, and Captain Marvel happened in the 90s, how long has Ben Mendelsohn been Nick Fury? Has it been since Endgame or has it been before in, before Infinity War? You know? And, yeah. And so you go, you go back and, and, and then you start looking and you go, wait a second. Is this – okay, take, take this. This is, this is completely just fans trying to find things or – well, fans, I should say me because I'm sure other people thought of it too. I just know I thought of it before I saw it anywhere. I don't want to think of it, but okay, um, yeah, go on. But is it is it fans, or is it that Marvel now knows their fan base is like this, so it's now pre-planning shit like this for like <laughs> deep dives, or, or or not pre-planning, but but um, uh, uh, looking back and trying to find things like this in Captain Marvel, they're in what I believe to be the Tin Horn Flat Saloon on Burbank Avenue. <laughs> well, um, they. They sit down, uh, uh, you know, scrolls can't do that. Uh, they sit down, and he said, she says, tell me something that only you would know, which I always thought was a weird question because how would she know anything about him to know that whatever he's saying a scroll wouldn't know? Yeah. Tell me something that a scroll couldn't make up. <laughs> <laughs> and right. he said, and Nick, what does Nick Fury say? He says, if things are cut into sandwiches or cut into triangles, I can't eat it. Oh. Right, that's his little give that he gives to say that if if you cut something in a triangles, I can't eat him. Right, and I think yeah. it's a very weird and not. I don't think it's personal enough, um, and kind of really kind of out there, like like that's just kind of weird out weird. It's not really weird to be shocking or weird to be a nothing burger. It's just kind of, eh. and so um, she of course accepts this as truth. Because it's quirky, and and so and so then um, and maybe we talked about this in our Captain Marvel episode. I don't remember. I mean, no, we couldn't have because we didn't have that. We didn't have this part yet. So then you you know uh, if you now go forward in time, if you look at in Avengers: Age of Ultron, when Nick Fury shows up at Hawkeye's house, you know, and they're having a little thing. Nick Fury is in their kitchen making himself something to eat. He's making himself a sandwich. What did he do? What? He cuts it into a triangle. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. He cuts his sandwich into a goddamn fucking triangle. Does he eat it? Or is he in He eats it. I think so. Oh, no. I can't can't double-check that. So, inconclusive. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, so... Nick Fury, and and what, what was Nick Fury's previous appearance before Avengers Age of Ultron? Winter Soldier, where he technic, where he died, or faked his death, right? So, is it conceivable because Nick Fury does not eat things cut in a triangle <laughs> that it was actually Talos or Ben Mendelsohn's character from from Captain Marvel as Nick Fury from Avengers Endgame, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron forward? Was and Nick, Nick Fury, Fury just playing been chilling based... on a virtual what? Was Nick Fury playing bass in the White Album, or was it Ben Mendelsohn? <laughs> yeah, don't know. I, I don't know either. Well, and that would be Maria Hill as well. Well, actually, I don't know about we, Maria Hill. We don't. 
We don't know her sandwich preferences. We don't. We, we don't. <laughs> so we know very is, is that, about her. I don't think that that's. I think that's just. That's just people making decisions and they're getting through the system. That is still like, oh my god, I can't believe there's even a system to get through. That's so good. Yeah. That i.e. being Kevin Feige, but that's just like something that just got through. Like that's what I think that is. But well, I can also see someone going back to the movies and going, okay, we gotta, we gotta plan, we gotta, we gotta plan some stuff. What things can we say to tip this off? Oh, look, he's cutting a sandwich there. What if we say he can't eat sandwiches, sandwiches cutting triangles? <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I think there's a no prize with your name on it, Wade. You just have to. You need to make this all work. You can do it. <laughs> I'm sure I can. So for me, <sighs> my stingers lineup don't change. Even though I thought these were two crackling, well, one crackling, one um, uh, uh, interesting, a thought piece. Oh. Say. J.K. Um, Simmons isn't isn't cracking your top three, huh? Okay. No, 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 no. They're they're, they're all remaining the same. All right. I can't. You know, now that I think about it. The shawarma, Avengers eating shawarma, that should probably still be number one. But I was more excited about great. The Spidey. I was, and it's just iconic, right? But I just, I love the, I love the Spidey one so much. It's, it's my number one. It's my number one. It gets my juices going the most. And the yeah, worst yeah. thing are Nick Fury finding out <laughs> that Nick Fury and Agent Hill were dumb because they were scrolls. That's my. <laughs> I think they were dumb. Yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm giving a pass. I had Which, in this slot uh, the Howard the Duck cameo. I've made peace with that one. It's okay. It's kind of dumb, yeah. but it's all right. By the way, uh, did you per- see Howard the Duck in Endgame? He's in Endgame. No, is he in the big battle? He's in the big battle. You'll see him in there oh. at one point. Oh, now, who who recruited him? I have no idea. <laughs> well, it's, um, because Strange Wong. Oh, tells Wong, Wong, Strange tells Wong, is that everybody? Ask Wong, is that everyone? And Wong is incredulous. You wanted more? So which <laughs> fans say yes. What do you think? <laughs> but yeah, so if you think about it, that means Wong and his team of wizards, sorcerers, co- you know, coordinated all this. And if Howard the Duck's there. Either he's uh, he's someone who came with Thanos and abandoned his post and fought with the other side, or um, the sorcerers specifically brought him, meaning he might be a sorcerer <laughs> supreme, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just a Baja one. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll get the movie that. Gives us the answer. By the way, I would totally take a Rosencrantz and Gildersinger dead style um, series of Howard the Duck going through the MCU, just like he's in every he's everywhere. Oh, for whatever it'd be reason. like my least favorite part of Avengers Endgame, but with Howard the Duck. <laughs> as long as it's just how see. The main problem with the old origin with the first Howard the Duck movie, I didn't want to see him save the world. I just wanted to see him unemployed in Cleveland, 
being misogynist and chomping cigars. That's all I wanted to see. Using condoms. I didn't want to. I didn't want Without to wrap condoms folded in the crease. <laughs> right. With no wrapper around it. Like, just, like, collecting lint <laughs> in the reservoir. <laughs> just all your money has got just it's spermicide on all your money. Yes, <laughs> uh, he goes with the dry. Yeah. Well, number the worst singer, my number one worst singer, is still the ants playing the drums at the end of that. Yeah, and the Wasp. that's unforgivable. Terrible, terrible, terrible choice. Uh, and then number two is Nick Fury and Asian Hill. Don't don't wipe out parts of the movie I just saw. Just, you don't do it. Yeah. yeah. See, see that that's the thing that get me is like going. I can't. I can't. If you, if you made something that felt like a bad or weak choice or poor quality throughout the whole movie. And at the end you say, ah, but that was because of this. That's like, oh, that's interesting. That makes sense. But I still watched two hours of bad. (laughs) (laughs) So does that now make up for the fact that I was spending two hours going, this is not good. (laughs) Yeah. Now I realize it was on purpose. (laughs) If they're trying to fix a problem, they all they did was call attention, call more attention to it. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta do that Spielbergian sleight of hand and not allow me to think about it. Yeah. Don't allow me to think. Yeah. I think you said it great in your uh, Facebook review of uh in game. No, no, no. It was like in a comment. You said, you said, uh, Avengers in game is not without problems, but it made me 100% not care about it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. They're pulling that thread too much. Yeah, I'll start to be upset. <laughs> or But you know what? No, I I really didn't care. Yeah, it's true. It's just a great movie. If I think about Steve Rogers living his whole life knowing that Bucky's out there getting tortured and letting all this horrible stuff happen <laughs> around the world, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kind of pissed off. <laughs> but if I just see the movie as it was, oh, my God, it's exactly what I needed. Yeah, I just want to see him have a slow dance. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Agent Carter. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, we talked a good little bit there about Spider-Man Far From Home. We are caught up. We have... Yeah. If we can get this out in the next couple months or whenever, whenever... uh, I always want to say Scarlet Witch because it's Scarlet Johansson. Whenever Scarlet Johansson Black Widow comes out, then uh, we'll be caught up for the first time ever in this series. I know. Pretty great. Hey, can you edit that part after this next thing? <laughs> I had one more thing I really wanted to say. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, one more thing. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home for me uh, was a, a great time. I really liked it. It didn't make it far. I don't know where I put it in the list. Like you said, it's somewhere in the middle or maybe high middle. Um uh, it's actually—I was surprised how low it started getting in my whole 2019 list in general, because I did like it a lot. But um, it didn't affect any of my list except for supervillains. That's the only one that it got an entry on. There's a couple of honorable mentions where, and specifically, uh, non-action sequence. That was also a really tight category for me. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it was—it um, was the "Are you brave? Uh, brave enough for you?" from the first Avenger, uh, the the 
or Sokovia Accords scene from uh, uh, Captain America Civil War, and uh, I why can I can't remember what number one is. I think it's uh, maybe Toby Jones and Tommy Jones. I don't remember. Yeah, um, because he can do it. He can do it. That made yes. one of my best lines, but I don't remember if it was the best scene. Uh, uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't. Anywho, there is a sequence in it that I really, really love in Spider-Man: Far From Home. And that is the whole opening high school video sequence, uh, high school morning announcement sequence. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. That was great. That's really awesome. And not only to both self-aggrandize Iron Man uh, and also make fun of said self-aggrandizement, done very well, but the whole introduction and to life after the, uh, after the snap, which they, I like that they don't call it the snap. They call it the blip. Um, right, their experience yep. coming in and coming out, and I loved how that how I loved how something so mind blowingly impossible would happen to where, you know, you blip out and now your brother, your younger brother, is now older than you, <laughs> you know, and how everyone's just like that's just how it is now. We have to just keep on. This is normal. This is now what normal is. So we're moving forward, and how in a way it was kind of inspiring to watch inspiring to watch people move forward that way but also just you know it's like yeah we have a casino owner real estate a new york landlord reality tv star as our president this is what life is now (laughs) our president is a owner of casinos and (laughs) who sold steaks through the mail and couldn't sell vodka and was a part of a TV show, a reality TV show, for years. It's 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 not to mention all the other really horrible things about him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just what we thought. Arnold Schwarzenegger being governor of California was weird. Uh, we had nothing on this guy. Yeah. So I liked that. That uh, and, and and my my favorite shot in the whole movie, which I think is the most hilarious shot to talk to. After Endgame and Infinity War, which was such knives to the uh, or Infinity War, which was such a knife to the heart, um, and, and so emotionally heavy, and then to watch all your friends die, and then Endgame, where you like it's life without all your friends who've died, and then uh, and uh, trying to move on when there's no hope, and 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 how heavy that was on a global scale. To then see, okay, let's talk about it from the non-superheroes perspective. We get this kind of funny, lighthearted thing of something really hugely impactful. And my favorite shot in the whole movie is when they show the, the, the what is really terrifying, the home the cell phone camera of the people uh, ash, turning to ash in the basketball game. Yeah. Uh, uh, during the pep rally with the marching band on the thing. And then they say, then this blip happens. And then those marching band people appear in the middle of another game. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. get and the tuba player gets hit by the ball mid mid throw. <laughs> it, it's that was such a perfect moment, such a such a pleasurable moment to get across something so grand and huge. <laughs> Which, yeah, and that was you know I mean that's narrative sleight of hand done right. Is you yes. know like because that's what you see at the end of end game. You see Peter Parker and Ned, and like oh, but. Ned, did Ned blip? Did he? Or did, did Ned get snapped? Did he not? Like, was he there the whole time? 
Like they're acting like they're being reunited. How does how does right. high school work now? How many of those characters are going to be there? Yeah, and then they just open with Far From Home, like, yeah, none of this is going to make sense, and we're just going to pretend like it's normal. <laughs> we're going to go to Europe, and we're going to deal with completely uninteresting elementals. That God, I hope they're fake because if they're not, this is going to be boring as shit. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that gets you yeah. through that is the promise that this is not even the real problem. And then you have um, the, yeah, yeah. And then there's the only reminder of this, the whole movie, is like the one classmate who looks like he's 25 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? The, um, again, like you said, that's the slide of hand done right. And it sets the movie off like a bullet. And you're like, awesome! Yeah. And then and then we like, kind of devolve into this thing where you realize, wait, this isn't working as, as cool as that beginning is. And you're like... Right. Um, yeah, it was really that it was deflating. That's a good word for it. It's like how can something yeah. so rich and interesting it was it just slowly deflate, and then just, and then Jake Chillenhall comes in. You're like, oh, and it really re-energizes it again. But uh, one more thing, my mother, bringing it back to my mother in her texting about Spider-Man: Far From Home. Oh, right, good because I have a question she, about this. I, I I, te- I was texting her that dissertation on kind of making a case and realizing for myself just how well thought out Peter's arc is. It's just not well executed. It's just well thought out. And mm-hmm. and as I send it, an hour later I get a text back going, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, we were a little bit confused by that whole blip thing because we didn't see the, the other one. What was it, Endgame? <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> you haven't seen Endgame? And, I, uh, and, and you know, I, I got it. You know, I can't. It's, it's the thing where it's like, it is the world's biggest, most expensive TV show, as uh, <laughs> as the Screen Rants pitch meetings put it. It's the world's most expensive TV show. We can't blame people for not catching every episode. <laughs> so, that's right. But yeah, it was kind of like, oh, how unfortunate for you, because part of what makes Far From Home really pleasurable is seeing how the world is after the events of Endgame, and mm-hmm. she didn't get that at all. She, oh, here's what she said. She said, oh... <laughs> she said, "I didn't. Uh, we didn't really know what was going on because uh, we haven't seen the free, the in game. So, um, judging by this, we just kind of just assumed that everyone died but Spider Man. <laughs> Wait, but we, but they tell you, <laughs> they, they tell you this. <laughs> so I was like, oh, 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 that's mom. That's bleak. <laughs> that's what you think." I mean, yeah, everyone died. At the, half of everyone died at the end of Infinity War, but that's bleak. Some bleak shit, yeah, mom. And they tell you that's not what happened. And the and the, the kids tell you that in the video at the start of the. Oh. <laughs> that's right. But here is my question: If you hadn't said the movie first, what did you think the title of the movie was? Your mom famously can't get the title of any movie right. Oh, in fact, it, she... it becomes like a cryptographic puzzle to even know what she's referring That's to. Right. It's become what a real fun. One? Well, here, let me let me check. Let me check. Like uh, Spider-Man hoboing. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry, I just understood your question uh, because I thought you were talking about in-game because I hadn't, I didn't say in-game first. 
Well, any of these. I'm I'm game for any of these, but I far from home. I want to know what what that turned into. Oh. You know, okay, foreign exchange was, uh... Spider-Man. <laughs> Weirdly, she calls it Night Monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where where is it here? Where is it? Oh oh oh, here it is. Um, it says I don't think we saw the movie before this. That's probably the big problem here for us. And the next text, in game, I think. So she got it. Oh, she wasn't certain. That's she didn't have confidence. But uh, she, mm. she got she got the subtitle right. Um, so here's the here's I, I got to read. This is a great mom text. At least I think this was mom. Might have been dad, but I think it's mom. It, it could says, be Ben Ben, ben Mendelsohn. You don't know. It could have been. You never know. It says we. Enjoy, this was post after they saw it on Stars for their free Stars weekend. Because okay. um, we enjoyed the movie, but we weren't convinced that Parker had any reason to trust Mysterio at all. He just mm-hmm. met him. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you're spot on. Um, why would he give all the Iron Man text, Iron Man, one word again. Why would he give all the <laughs> Iron Man tech to him? Oh, like Theon Greyjoy. Of course, I know he had his mind in other places. There were other things, too, but I must get in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Where you belong. But I, I, I didn't read that right. There are other things too, but I need to get in the kitchen. I just love how she's, how she's like text, texting this, going. There's other things that bother me that, but yeah, I, yeah, I gotta go to the kitchen. Does it, that, does your mom get Wi-Fi in the kitchen? Does, <laughs> no, I don't think does it so. does it not reach in there? <laughs> Sorry, this. Uh, it's gonna scrub itself. No time to talk talk about Spider-Man, Doctor Jones. I gotta get in that <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> So, uh, well, I got to get in that bedroom. Okay. Did your favorite top three superheroes change? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Spider-Man, Did... Spider-Man still holds at number two. Captain mm-hmm. America, number one in my heart. Yeah. I was looking at mine wondering why I didn't have Spider-Man on there. Because mine, Captain America 1, Iron Man 2, and Falcon 3. I love Falcon. Love Iron, love all those guys. But Spider-Man is pretty huge. I don't know why he didn't. I, I just, I guess I just love Falcon. Just infatuated with Falcon. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of competition for those three spots. It's you know, it is. Super, a lot really of great hard. choices. Those are all. Those are all great choices. My number three is Drax because I. Oh right, right, right. I love Drax. <laughs> well, we got an exciting lineup of phase, of phases coming up. Don't really know what I mean. It's interesting because it does. They all. They kind of all feel like. You know, when when Guardians was first coming out, you're like, "Ooh, how's that going?" So that's it's exciting to see. It's exciting. It'll be exciting if we can ever do film production again, or if, <laughs> you know, every production is gonna have to be like uh, three crew members standing six feet apart, one actor at a time against a green screen, and then like every scene, we're just compositing performances together, and. Hopefully, hopefully, actors are able to play off each other. Like everything is going to be shot the way like uh, like child actors are shot on sitcoms, where <laughs> it's it's all close ups and reverse shots the entire. <laughs> you know, I would love I would love to see uh, the next Marvel movie done entirely on Zoom. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> What a world. What a world. What a world we have found ourselves in, Wade. 
I noticed that the YouTube algorithm, whenever I go to it now, brings up because um, I'm a big fan of that Mitchell and Webb show. The Mitchell, the Mitchell and Webb look, as well as that Mitchell and Webb sound and all that stuff. And they, for some reason, though, the ones that they keep bringing up in my uh, in my recommended fours is uh, the Mitchell and Webb uh, post-apocalyptic game show. And if you've okay. seen these sketches, it's a series no. of sketches they did where basically there's like a game show being done. It was some nebulous, like world destroying uh, event. And they just keep calling it the event. They go, well, welcome to the game show. Uh, have a good night and stay indoors. <laughs> <laughs> they keep saying, they're like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what this is now. It's like, well, yeah, you're, you're here. Where, where were you during the event? I don't remember. <laughs> well, none of us do. <laughs> Come on, you know, that kind of thing. You lost your sight in the event. With these events that we're all dealing with, we hope that we have provided some small comfort with this uh, free entertainment available on uh, technology that I thought a year ago I would have said was a net negative, but now is <laughs> keeping us all sane, the Internet. That's correct. So thank yeah. you, Internet, for not making us pick up possibly virulent newspapers from our doorsteps and wondering how to disinfect them so we could find out what exactly was happening on in the world. Now we can have some idea and we can also distract ourselves through stupid tomfoolery like this. Yes, thank you, Annette, for allowing to give people who have been trying their free stars weekend might have caught this movie released a year ago today. <laughs> All right. Well, Wade, you stay home, stay safe. And I will stay home and stay safe. You do the same. Thanks. And if you... <laughs> um, and if you sat in the middle of a crowded theater on opening night when Spider-Man Far From Home was premiering on the big screen and you were coughing and sneezing into your hand... You snatched it wrong. I wasn't even planning to snatched it when I <laughs> until out. I got it. to that, like it. until I got to that 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 gap. There you go. I, I thought it. you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say something like, "And if you are taking the advice of this movie subtitle to heart, you're the oh. problem." <laughs> okay. Did you do that oh, one? oh, you know, you, there was one. There was one I, I like saw somewhere one. online that they, they were doing Spider-Man work from home. <laughs> and it had Spider-Man on a laptop in his apartment. <laughs> I thought that was pretty great. 